Today, listeners, we are recording an episode that I am really excited about. Our guest today is the co-founder and CEO of the startup Snappa.io. Snappa is an easy-to-use graphic design tool that helps you create highly engaging images without the help of a graphic designer. Chris is an incredible entrepreneur. He has built three businesses, and one of the businesses is BootstrapBay.com that sells high-quality bootstrap themes and templates. Chris and his partner built that business to $10,000 revenue per month in the first six months. Today, we're going to talk more in depth about Chris, his most recent startup, Snappa. Snappa has pre-designed templates, 12,000 stock photos, 3,000 graphics and icons, and 200 fonts, also integrating with Facebook, Twitter, and Buffer. They're really striving to give you everything you need to create graphics and make it really easy to use without a designer. Also to mention, Chris is a very genuine guy who's extremely likable and happens to be an alumni of the Entrepreneur House. So this episode, we'll throw in with our Where Are They Now series. So it's been 15 months since Chris came to the Entrepreneur House, and we're going to see how much his business has grown from that time. It's my honor to welcome my good friend, Christopher Gimmer, to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Chris, the audience may get confused going back and forth with Chris and Chris, <laughs> but hopefully they can figure it out. So, Chris, I don't know if you know, but I'm a, I'm actually a really big fan of Snappa, and I refer you guys all the time to people in the Entrepreneur House and other digital nomads and entrepreneurs that I come across, um, mainly because how easy it is. I'm a, I'm a client and a customer of you guys. And I've used other design tools in the past, and it just wasn't as simple and effective as Snappa. So I had to congratulate you for making that, and and you converted me. Thanks, man. Oh, thanks for, uh, you know, glad you like the tool. And I don't think they'll get too confused, uh, you know, with the two Chris's, because I think your voice is a little more, um, you know, how do you say it? Uh, sexier than mine, so we should, we should be all right there. That has everything to do with mic editing and audio editing, and nothing. Yeah, to we'll do see. With <laughs> well, plus you have a Canadian accent, and I have a Missouri accent, so maybe. Yeah, there you go. So I want the listeners to hear about your journey. I think it's a pretty cool story. Myself, I love the entrepreneurial journey and and hearing how people evolve from where they are in their life into becoming entrepreneurs. So. If you don't mind just starting from the beginning and, and how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. Yeah, so it's a pretty long story, so I'll, I'll try to keep it short and maybe you can kind of, you know, dig in where, wherever you think is interesting. Um, but like a lot of people, I mean, I started out following a, a typical script, which was uh, going to school, getting good grades, uh, getting a safe job that made our parents happy. So I went to university and, and did a commerce degree. And when I graduated, I, I got a job working full time in the government. And so, you know, five years later, I was making really good money. Um, I had a had a pension and benefits. And from the outside in, you know, life was good. And I had I had achieved a lot, but really I was just unsatisfied with the work I was doing and, um, you know, didn't have much freedom, stuck in an office all day. You know, the, the typical stuff that a lot of people in our community, um, you know, kind of wanted to break free from. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had traveled to Southeast Asia in 2010 and that one, you know, that trip really just kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And it was kind of the first time where I was like, man, I really don't want to go home and, and, you know, sit in a cubicle. And, um, you know, that was kind of when I first started thinking of the idea of, you know, maybe I can, my, maybe I can start my own business. Um, and then about a year or two later, um, I actually met Mark, who's, who's now my co-founder of Snappa. And he had 
uh, started working in the government with me as well. And he was a developer. So when I saw what he was uh, able to build and the websites and projects he was working on, um, that's when I really started thinking like, wow, maybe we can do an online business and that way I can uh, work from wherever. So the the first thing we actually built was a student dating website called Classmate Catch. Nice. Um, and at, and at that at that point, like I knew nothing about online marketing. I knew nothing about starting an online business. We kind of just dove in head first. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we were able to. I think we got about two thousand users within the first few months. Um, so it was like a small success, but we basically made no money from it. Um, and didn't know how to scale it. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we, we learned a lot of lessons from it, but it just wasn't a complete success. Mm-hmm. So after that was kind of when I started just uh, reading a lot of blogs, um, listening to a lot of podcasts, just trying to soak in as much information as I could. And that's when I started learning about SEO and content marketing and these different marketing channels uh, that we had available. So the second thing we, we launched was Bootstrap Bay. And that's kind of when I, you know, learned a bit of stuff. Um, Mark got better as a developer. And so we were able to um, turn that into an actual business. We had made, uh, we got, built it up to about 10000 a month. Um, and then while we were working on Bootstrap Bay, it was kind of something where we saw that there was money to be made, but we weren't like super passionate about the business. Right. And once I started doing content marketing, um, I experienced the problem that we're now solving with Snappa, which was, you know, I'm a marketer, I'm not a designer, but I need to create these images to go along with, you know, the the, the content that I'm producing and, and these social media posts. But as a startup, you don't have the budget to work with, you know, a designer that's going to cost you 30, 40 K mm-hmm. and going on sites like Upwork to find designers is just a nightmare. Talk to anyone <laughs> yeah. who's done it. Um, so that's where we really saw a huge opportunity. It was something that I personally was passionate about because, you know, it was a, it was an, a pain that, that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so we essentially put Bootstrap Bay on autopilot and really started focusing on Snappa. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are basically like, you know, 100% all in on Snappa. And that's kind of what we're really putting all our energy in. Nice. How long has Snappa been going now? So we launched our initial beta last summer, mm-hmm. um, and Mark started working on it kind of part-time a few months before that. So let's call it a, a year that we've really been working on it. Um, in terms of when we officially launched it, that was in November. Uh, so we're coming up on a year of our official launch date. I've heard you guys have had pretty good growth with Snappa. Do you mind sharing some of that with us? Yeah, so um, once we initially launched, because we did an open beta and we started building our list uh, from there, uh, we managed to launch it to, I think we had about 200 or 250 paying customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've experienced some really solid growth, and now we're coming up on about 1,500 customers. Um, So we're still maintaining double-digit growth each month and, you know, just trying to keep that up. Do you mind sharing some of the tactics you use to grow it? that much in the past year? Yeah, so the the number one thing for sure was um, we had developed a stock photo website called Mm stocksamp.io where we essentially curated um, the best stock photos from around the web. And at the time, nothing like that really existed. And, you know, we had a really good search built into our site. Um, You know, we had really good tags. We also 
you know, sorted things based on popularity and, you know, which photos were trending. So people thought um, our site was really the best place to, to find beautiful stock photos that were, you know, completely free and released under Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. And so because of that website, we, we had generated so much traffic and we essentially used that to cross promote our graphic design tool. Uh, because all the all the photos that were released on StockSnap are included and embedded into Snappa, so you know that's um, you know I, I'd recommend it's, it's a really good strategy if you can find something that is really relevant to your main product or your main service that you can give away for free just to generate traffic and um, cross promote. I think I think it's a great marketing tactic that is often underutilized because you know people think that well, it, it's going to take me at least a month to create a website mm-hmm. uh, uh, of that nature, right? But, you know, people spend upwards of four to eight hours per blog post sometimes. So, right. you know, think of some of these side projects as, you know, five blog posts. And when you put it into that, um, you know, if it ends up being more valuable than five pieces of, of content, you know, by all means do it. So that was definitely the main way. And then, of course, there was traditional stuff like, uh, content marketing, um, try to get influencers to um, talk about us, mentioning us in blog posts, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Word of mouth was was obviously huge because we have a, a freemium model. You know, a lot of people sign up and then they'll tell their friends about it. So we, we tried to have give, you know, really amazing customer service and um, try to uh, establish a lot of relationships with our customers and our user base to really try to um, get that word of mouth going as well. When you so, who's the marketing mind behind your partnership? You or your partner? So basically, um, my my co-founder Mark does everything development-wise. Um, yeah. So he built like the, you know the entire thing from scratch. Now we have another developer on board um, who, who also works on the development. Um, basically, anything like operations or marketing is pretty much all me. Uh-huh. Uh, but having said that, Mark always has you know ideas, and we bounce things off each other quite a bit. But in terms of like really executing um, all the marketing stuff, it, it's it's me. But like I said, it, it's a partnership, so we, we help each other out. Do you enjoy mark the marketing side of things? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely love doing it. Um, you know, I just love seeing you know, the numbers of, you know, customers and signups going up and to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mark is just an amazing developer. Like, he's super, super talented. So, um, and he's not as, you know, passionate about the the business side of stuff. So it, it's a really good partnership between us. He really focuses on what he's good at and what he loves. Um, and, you know, I kind of do the same. Chris, were you born with a marketing talent or is this something that you think you gained over time? Um, not at all. I mean, like I said, my background when I went to school was um, was business and I majored in finance and accounting. So mm-hmm. I had taken one marketing course, which was pretty awful. <laughs> uh, so like... All the, all the marketing stuff that I'm doing now is really stuff that I will read in a blog post or in a book or, or hear in a podcast, mm-hmm. and then I'll just try it out and, uh, you know, see if it works. And, you know, nowadays, too, like, I can kind of almost think of stuff on my own that I think might work. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely something I developed over time. It's not something I was, like, I, w- I wasn't born, uh, you know, a, a gifted marketer by any means. What do you think, Chris, is... is- one of the main mistakes in marketing that you see businesses making today? 
So one of the the main things is there's just like you know, especially now with content marketing being so successful, like every single day there's hundreds of posts going out that's like, you know, 30 content marketing strategies that will skyrocket your traffic. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, 100 growth hacks that like you have to try. So there's like, you know, hundreds and thousands and thousands of techniques, right? So I think the biggest mistake is people are just, you know, people call it throwing spaghetti at the wall and, and seeing what sticks. Yeah. I think... You know, uh, a book that I really, really like and recommend is called Traction. Um, essentially, okay. what um, what the what what they advocate is there's essentially 19 traction channels. So that's things like uh, paid advertising, you know, content marketing, uh, you know, viral, and so it's like identifying what those you know traction channels are and saying, okay, here's my business. Which ones are likely to succeed? And you narrow it down to three channels, uh-huh. and then you basically do a small test. Um, and then based on that small test, if you find one that works well, you double down on it. Um, so we've been really firm believers in rather than trying to do like 100, you know, what I call tactics all at once, we will try to really test three channels. Um, and then based on the one that's promising, we'll really double down on it. So if you take uh, us, for example, we found that StockSnap was just like a huge success for us. So rather than saying, okay, this worked well, let's go off and do 100 different things, we really optimized the website like as much as we could. We tested different ways of you know, promoting Snappa. Um, you know, we tested different ways to increase our engagement on that site. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually coming out with a complete redesign uh, for StockSnap, and we've actually like really optimized it even further. Um, so I think you know, just all this to say that I think one of the biggest mistakes is like rather than trying to do like a hundred things at the same time and juggle so much crap, um, try to focus on just a few marketing, uh, you know tests and try to do one or two of them really well before moving on to, um, you know, the next thing. Yeah. Makes perfect especially, sense. Especially when you're a small team, like when, um, you know, when you're a huge organization like HubSpot and you've got like hundreds of marketers, you can afford to do like thousands of tests per week. But when you're like one guy doing marketing, you just don't have the bandwidth to do all of this stuff properly. Right. So you, you your growth has been I would say it's it's done very well in the past 12 months for sure. Where do you see yourself in the next 12 months with this business? Yeah, I mean, not much has changed. I mean, like we're we're really just um so right now we are we have one plan basically, one $15 a month plan. Mm-hmm. Uh so essentially our goal for the next year is to build out a business plan that's more expensive and can um, add more value to smaller businesses with additional team members and and some additional features. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our goal for the next 12 months is number one is to build out that third plan that we can add a bit more value to. And number two is figuring out the next one or two marketing channels uh, that we can scale. Uh, because like I said, we found one or two things that have worked really well. Um, and so now it's like, okay, what's that next thing? So, you know, maybe try, we're, we're going to try paid advertising to see if we can make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a few other ideas of things that we can try to keep our growth rate, um, you know, going. What type of paid advertising are you going to try? 
so definitely Facebook ads. Um, you know, retargeting is something like we still haven't done yet, and I think that's definitely that you know something we can add some value. I'm actually you know interested in actually testing out um, even podcast advertising. Um, you know, there's so many business and marketing related podcasts, so I think there's um, you know definitely some opportunity there. Um, there's other you know social media. Like Instagram has a new ad platform, you know, Pinterest has an ad platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, it's one of those things we'll, we'll probably test out a whole bunch of different uh, paid ad techniques. We'll see which ones have potential and then we'll just try to focus and double down on the ones that, that we find successful. Have you had any experience with the Facebook advertising yet? I ran one test a while back, um, but... The issue at that time was our product wasn't as good as it is now. And also, we're redoing the front end of our website to make our messaging a lot better. Um, if you go to our main website now, it's the messaging on the site is really broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're doing is we're changing the copy to really zone in on who our target audience is. Um, what I've done this summer was I've gotten on uh, Skype calls with a ton of our customers to really figure out... Um, who are our best customers and also what is the main benefit that they're getting. And so what we found that above and beyond anything, um, speed is, is what the main benefit that we kept hearing is that Snappa just allows people to create graphics so much quicker yes. than all the other um, platforms that are out there. Absolutely. And what we found that, you know, a big, the, the, the biggest user group is obviously marketers and a lot of small business owners, you know, or entrepreneurs, like people that don't have, you know, dedicated designers. Um, and, you know, they're so busy running their business that they don't want to spend tons of times creating graphics. They need something really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the issue with, and so when you're doing paid advertising is, you know, you have to be really focused on who you're serving these ads to and making sure your message is coherent. Um, so that's why we've, we're kind of waiting, or we've waited uh, to, to do paid advertising until we really understood, you know, what our main uh, benefit was, who who are the main people that are benefiting from uh, our product, mm-hmm. um, because that's typically when you'll be a lot more successful with paid advertising. It's a good point. I have recently started Facebook advertising with uh, the Entrepreneur House, but I'm following the strategy that a friend of mine um, named James Farrar from Tokyo Wheel he implemented and and he was doing he was using this strategy he had a video that he created and put it in with a sale that he was having with his business and a a sale that had a countdown for so many days until it finished and he was getting anywhere from like i think he said 138 to 308 percent roi on his facebook ads which was pretty phenomenal so i started implementing that strategy a couple weeks ago and I'm new to Facebook ads too, but uh, it seems like the the potential for Facebook ads, uh, a lot of people are getting really good results from it, and uh, I think it's definitely a big, big thing to um, any any business to start getting into and figuring out you know the best method for them with Facebook ads. Yeah, for sure. And the thing for us too is budget was always uh, a key thing, right? Mm-hmm. So. Early on, our number one priority was to hire another developer because, you know, Mark would have got to the point where he just burnt himself out. And 
of all the feature requests that we were getting, we just really needed that second developer. So for the longest time, we just like, even if we wanted to try paid ads, we just didn't have the money for it. And I think paid advertising is one of those things too, where like you have to have, uh, like you're, I've never heard of many people who've um, made money from paid ads, like from day one, it's, yeah. there's usually like a learning process and yeah. you kind of have to blow through a couple grand, uh, before you start to see some results. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're slow, we're, you know, getting to that point now where we can afford to do that. But, you know, before, you know, recently, like we just didn't have, you know, a couple grand a month that we can <laughs> afford to lose on, on paid ads. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another, uh, alumni from the entrepreneur house. His name is Dave Huss. Do you know Dave? Um, I don't. I don't think we've ever met before, but I think I've uh, seen him in the DC or whatever. Yeah, he um, he'll start his Facebook ads at five dollars a day, and he'll run numerous. I mean, quite a few of them, and he'll see which ones get a bit more traction, and then he'll bump it up to ten dollars a day, and then he'll see you know how the traction is there, and just keep bumping it up, and and he'll try you know all of those, and it's just the law of averages that he uses, but starts it all, you know, really small and see how each ad can grow from the traction they're getting on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So how big is the Snappa team now, Chris? Uh, so there's five of us. Um, so there's myself, my co-founder, um, Michael, who's our, another full-time developer. Uh -huh. uh, we also have a full-time graphic designer that creates all the templates for us. Um, and then we have kind of a general admin person to, to help us out with uh, some tasks. So is this your first experience with team building or did you do some of that with Bootstrap Bay too? Yeah, so this is the first, uh, definitely first experience with team building. Bootstrap Bay was just myself and Mark the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was, hiring was, wow, hiring was one of those, you know, big mindset shifts that everyone who's successful will tell you. Um, and, that really changed the trajectory. Like when we found our first graphic designer to create these amazing templates, like I was just blown away. And and same thing with Michael, our developer. He's just so good and so talented. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're able to find these people who are just so good and and can help you help your business so much, you wonder like how you functioned without, <laughs> without them. them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like you know with Bootstrap Bay, it was like okay we you know, we got to save as much money as possible. And like, I'm going to do everything there is because no one can do it as good as me. Um, and like, there's, there's basically no uh, successful entrepreneur that has done it just by himself with it without a team. And yeah. so I, I definitely realize that now. And, and the thing is, like, you know, you have to get to that point where you can hire someone like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not advising people to like hire someone the, the day they start their business. Um, but definitely do it as soon as you can. That's for sure. It's incredibly refreshing when you find the right person for your team too, because it's just almost like a, a load is lifted off your shoulders. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we hired Michael, our developer, uh, it was kind of one of those things where we were really planning to take our time and we were only going to hire, um, you know, someone that not only we thought could be a, a really good developer, but also gelled really well with us as a team because you know as a small team you don't want to hire just anyone like we're you know we're working with this person every day and so I think just fit and culture is just as important as skills 
So, Chris, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you had a you mentioned on your webpage that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they myself included, start off at a young age selling lemonade on the corner or golf balls or um, candy in school or something like that. That's just kind of naturally inherent in them. But you were quite the opposite, right? And you kind of had a more traditional way of growing up, a more logical, and I think you're a bit more analytical too. And then you talked about traveling kind of helps you make that shift. Do you mind sharing more about the mind shift and the actual shift that you went from like being a, uh, an employee into deciding like, hey, I'm going to do this entrepreneurial deal? Yeah, so like I said, growing up, um, it was, you know, I love my parents to death and they every parent, parent always wants the best of their kids, but, you know, I was just never really exposed to entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the the unless like your your parents are entrepreneurs i find like uh, uh, you know in our parents generation um just having a good job that pays well was like awesome for them right right um and you know and you know 20 30 years ago they just didn't have the entrepreneurial kind of opportunities that we had like there was no internet there was no skype like there's no slack uh, it was just very different times and so growing up it was i was just kind of always pushed to you know, do something that was safe, that will get you a good job, that has a lot of opportunities. And I just always saw the world from an employee's view. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, I did some traveling where I was like, you know, wow, there's there's just so much out there. And when I met Mark and I, I, I you know, he, he was building this stuff on the web it was just fascinating to me, like one guy with a computer could basically build a business. And so as I started, you know, listening to more podcasts and following more blogs and just seeing the opportunity that was out there, mm-hmm. it just like, yeah, I just had a huge mindset shift. Like, yeah, maybe it's a bit riskier and, and um, you know, it, it, it could be definitely tough. I think that in the long run, entrepreneurship is is the way to go simply because, there's no cap on how far you can take yourself. And, you know, you just, at the end of the day, you can work on what you're passionate about. Yeah, exactly. So do you think you'll continue to build businesses in the next 10 to 20 years? Um, or do you think, are you more the style of entrepreneur that wants to build something really big, then cash out and kind of enjoy the rest of your life? Or what's your future look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, really, I just want to be able to work on stuff that I'm passionate about. Uh-huh. And also, um, yeah, like, so, I mean, if I could have things my way, essentially, and this could this can change. Like, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said, you know, if I can make 5K a month, running an online business, I'd be the happiest person ever, right? And right. then you get there and it's like, well, <laughs> you know, I, I want more than that. I could do more. Yeah. Um, I, ideally, what I, I would love to get to the point where I had enough money that I didn't have to work for the rest of my life. I'd like money just wasn't an issue uh-huh. and that I can find something that I was just so passionate about that I could just really work and focus on that, whether that be a business, whether that be a nonprofit, um, you know, just anything that I was just so pumped to get up and work on. 
I, I definitely will never be the kind of person who would, you know, cash out and then sit on a beach for the rest of my life and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely always going to be doing something. Uh, so, you know, Snap is definitely my mission right now. Like, I, you know, I'm super, super pumped about, you know, where we're heading and I'm really excited about the business. I, I definitely will definitely be working on this for the next several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of 10, 20 years out, who knows? It's, uh, you know, one thing I, I've realized in, you know, through this whole journey was like, you know, I look back at where I was four years ago. It's just, you know, it just moves so fast and things change so quickly that it's like almost impossible to really figure out where you're going to be five years from now. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of just, you know, take things day by day and, you know, see what happens. Yeah, that's totally true. Cause I, I'm thinking about where I was five years ago and I, had no idea that I would be here. I knew I would be in some place similar to this. You know, that was kind of my vision, but it, it's much different than I kind of expected, if that makes sense. Um, so, Chris, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that um, that are location independent, that choose to live, that travel quite often, you know, on a monthly basis or quarterly basis or even live in Thailand or, or Spain or Mexico or wherever, but you choose to still operate and keep your home base in, in your hometown. And do you mind sharing with the listeners why you decided to do that? Yeah, so there's a few things. Uh, number one, I'm a huge mama's boy. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I come from an uh, come from an Italian family, so like I'm super close to my family. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought of being away from them for an entire year it's just like you know it would, it would definitely be tough on me and, and my family um i also you know when i started our businesses i was also in like a long-term relationship and she was still in university at the time mm-hmm. so you know if i had traveled for long periods of time it would have been you know it just means that we, we would have been apart which would have been pretty difficult too um and the other thing too is like um I just find I'm just so much more productive in my, um, at, you know, in my home base. Like I have my office, I've got my setup, you know, I kind of got my routine. I know where everything is. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the nomad type person that's in a new place, like every two, three days, I just boggles my mind how they can, yeah. uh, stay productive. And some of them do. And I applaud them on that. I'm just not one of those person. I, I just, I could, I can never do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a, for me, it's a combination of a, you know, I like being around my family and I have a lot of close friends here in Ottawa, uh, and my girlfriend and stuff. So it's, for me, it's just being around people that I want to be around. Um, you know, productivity is a big thing. So for me, what I found works really well is I'm essentially, in Ottawa nine months out of the year, and I'll typically travel um, about three times per year for, you know, anywhere for two to two to four weeks. Um, and I find it's really good because I, I find switching up, you know, my, my scenery is really nice every once in a while. It keeps you from, from being stale. It, you know, allows me to meet a lot of these cool online entrepreneurs that, you know, I chat with on Facebook, but don't get to see them face to face. But at the same time, allows me to still, you know, be really productive when I am back at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just uh, that's just kind of the way that uh, I approach it right now. Very cool. So I have to ask you, man, how was your experience staying at the Entrepreneur House last year? 
I had an awesome time at the Entrepreneur House. And so as we were talking before about, you know, mindset and hiring teams and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I was in the Entrepreneur House the summer that we launched our beta for Snappa. And I, I don't even think we had launched it yet. It was just before that. Yeah. And so it was kind of one of those things where it was just, you know, Mark and I at the time and, uh, you know, we were running Bootstrap Bay and starting to get Snappa. And so some of the guys in the house, like Brandon, for example, you know, he was running, uh, well, I don't want to reveal his revenue numbers just in case, but, you know, he was running a, a really successful business and he had a lot of people on his team. And, uh, you know, another guy who was out the, the house too, Chris, he, he had a, a successful business and he had a team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just being around people that are like, you know, two, three, four steps ahead of you and, and where you want to go, be around them, uh, was really inspiring. And it, it, and, you know, realizing that they're just normal people and it just takes time to get there, um, was, was definitely really inspiring. And Brandon, especially like really taught me to think bigger. Mm-hmm. I think at the time I was like, you know, when we launched Snappa, like, you know, I really want to get to 500 customers in like a year. He was like, dude, like you should be going for a thousand or, you know, 2000, like why 500, like set bigger goals. And it, it's funny that, you know, almost a year later we're at like 1500 customers, right? So it just completely blew by, you know, what I had initially wanted. So I, I think anytime you can surround yourself with people that are a bit more successful than you um, and, and who have you know, are where you want to be at is, is definitely, uh, something you should do. Very cool. And did you guys set goals for the numbers you wanted to hit in the first year or did you just kind of leave it up in the air? Um, yeah, so we had basically my goal was, was a thousand. And then, but after we launched it, um, you know, I was like, I I really kind of wanted to push myself. And so we had kind of readjusted that to, to 2000 and I remember emailing Brandon after. I was like, "By the way, goal is two thousand, and like we're gonna hit it, kind of thing." And he was <laughs> <laughs> so he he was happy about that. That's very cool. Yeah, um, great man. Well, I'm glad that we could play a small part in your success. You did all the work. Uh, I'm very happy that you came to the Entrepreneur House. So we're gonna do a quick lightning round, Chris, and then we'll wrap up the podcast and I have a couple questions prepared for you that you haven't heard yet so it'll be completely spontaneous. So are you ready? Yeah, I was, I was just, usually when there's lightning rounds in podcasts, they tell you the questions ahead of time. <laughs> uh, so I, I think this is the first one where I haven't been got the questions ahead of time so I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, they're all good questions so I don't think I don't think right, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's ask about creating great graphic designs for people that they can use in social media, Chris. So what is one or two secret tips or hacks for some type of application you can share with the listeners for a good social media strategy? So I'll I'll give you one super secret tip, and that's to keep it simple. Um, You know, people try to make think they need to be a designer and make graphics super complicated and oftentimes what you'll find is the more simpler the graphic the more successful it will be especially on social media cool perfect okay and i just realized the next question i had already asked you uh in the interview so <laughs> you only get one question for the last all right that one. was a pretty easy lightning round i was yeah. sweating a little bit but I'm all right. 
<laughs> we just wanted to make it a little bit nervous, right? <laughs> Keep yeah. you on your toes. All right, buddy. Um, so I think we'll wrap up there. Do you want to tell the audience where they can get a hold of you at if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, check out our website at snappa.io. And if anyone wants to email me directly, it's Christopher at snappa.io. Yeah, and I'll also um, tell the audience Snappa is a, a great product. And I'm not, I don't, Chris and I don't have anything worked out together for me to say that. I'm just saying it because it's, it's the truth. And it's, it's really, really been helpful for me and taken like the load off my shoulders because it is a much more um, mature product and a better product than some of the other things out there. So I highly recommend it also. All right, Chris, again, thanks, buddy, for coming on the show. It was good chatting with you again. Thanks for uh, coming to the Entrepreneur House. And thanks for being a good friend, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Thailand. And then if you guys do decide to come up to Chiang Mai for a couple of days, feel free to drop in the house and say hello. And I think we'll sign off for there. But thanks again, Chris. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. And super pumped to uh, see you in Thailand as well. And we'll, we'll definitely pay a visit in, uh, in Chiang Mai. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for location-independent entrepreneurs. Imagine spending one month with other successful entrepreneurs building business in the world's most exotic locations. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality about business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those staying in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. For those of you that are interested, be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com website. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.